And Dennis Bernstein, this is the hat trick, the trifecta of yes. the holiday extravaganza, our third episode of the holiday break here. And here's to a great 2023 for both of us, John. But uh, ready to do the uh, third of the uh, trifecta. Uh, let's get done. All right. So uh, real quickly, let me set the stage for everybody. We do have a special guest coming up in the second period. For anybody who has paid attention to our careers over the last maybe 10 years or so, Dennis, um, he's been a frequent partner or a frequent guest yep. to us. Uh, we did Kings of the Roundtable with him, which was the precursor to Kings of the Podcast. He was, he's was he been on Kings of the Podcast before. Uh, friend of the show, as they say, and I'm talking about the CEO and founder of Metal Blade Records, of course, that's Brian Slagle. He's going to come in and talk. He's a big hockey guy, so I don't want to say he's going to come in and right. talk all things music with us. He's going to talk a lot he's of right. hockey, Dennis. Oh, for sure, 100%. He's a huge hockey fan. He's traveled... Uh, I'm sure he's seen games in countries we haven't been to yet. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be uh, always great to call Brian. Yes, a longtime friend, uh, personally and professionally. Dennis, he's probably been to countries we haven't even heard of, let alone that we haven't been That's to, true. places we haven't even heard of. And he's also a former owner. Uh, he had invested in the Central Hockey League back in the day yes. as well. So, And he's a massive jersey collector. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that as well. And uh, he has some incredibly bad takes that my son can't stand. So I'll be sure to remind Brian of that. Fantastic. Slags always loves when I uh, give, him a, give him a quick uh, a nudge on that one. Uh, in the third period, I'm going to work uh, the third period in first here, Dennis. We're going to talk all about the LA Kings. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about Quentin Byfield being moved up to the top line. We will try to remember to talk about the Jeff Chikrin trade rumors. Uh, we'll talk goaltending. Jacob no, Chikrin, Copley. not Jeff Chikrin. Come oh, on. I'm sorry. Former guest of the program, Jeff Maybe Chikrin. Maybe you could use him too on the blue line, but we'll see. <laughs> well, we tried to get Jeff on as a precursor to a potential trade, yeah. and this thing's been dragging on. So I am sorry. Jacob Chikrin. We'll talk about that. Uh, we can also talk about uh, Phoenix Copley. He's 8-1, and one, Dennis. <laughs> he's He's the goalie. He's the go-to guy right now. Cool. So uh, cool. Uh, okay. Mayor. So we're going to have to, uh, <laughs> Dennis, to you're confused. I'm not Steve Coolius. Yeah. Just too many shows. Too many, <laughs> too shows. many I just shows. Did three days. With, I just did three days with Coolius one hour each. <laughs> they, they like me in, in small doses. Yeah. It's funny that you said that a uh, small doses part. Uh, I, I, I was not going to mention this, but I was driving in the car today and you had told me that you were doing serious XM with cools and you, we were trying yeah. to set up what time you were going to come on. And I'm getting right. in the car, and it just so happened to be the start of the program. He was on for three yeah. hours today. Right. And he's teeing up, and I'm like, where's Dennis? What's going on? I thought Dennis was doing the show. And finally, he gets to it, and he's like, 
you know, so-and-so in the first hour and so-and-so in the second hour. And then DB, we're going to do the, the final discussion room of yes. the year. So it was the, the, the final DR with DB. And I started laughing and right. I was like, oh, okay, there, there's DB. Now he's on the program. So it's funny that you said small doses. I, yeah. I never would have uh, picked up on that if I had not had, if I had not been in the car for 10 minutes as I went down the street today uh, to run a quick errand. Uh, so we're going to have all that coming up in the third period. We'll, we'll talk a lot about the LA Kings, the roster, the flyers are coming to town. <clears throat> I happened to mention to Kopi the other night that that was one of my favorite games of the year. And he stopped what he was doing and he quickly whipped his head around <laughs> and he stared at me and he goes, why are you from Philadelphia or something? <laughs> no, dude, born in because he also, you know, he only associates me with the LA Kings. Of course, of course. So, you know, after 15 years when I was like, oh, the Flyers, it's one of my favorite games of the year. It was just so funny to see his reaction. Uh, it actually uh, it got his attention. So, no, I had to explain to him that uh, I just enjoy Kings Flyers games. Always have uh, going back to the Lindros days. And it's funny to find out that that was their first ever uh, opponent back in 1967. Of course, right. I wasn't even born yet, so it has nothing to do with that. But uh, in the first period today, Dennis, we are going to live up to our promise. We, we are men who deliver. Uh, we had told the listeners that we were going to do gifts. We did not do it in time for Christmas. So I apologize to Matt Roy and the laundry list of LA Kings players. There was nothing waiting for you under your tree this year from Kings of the podcast, but maybe we start a new tradition, Dennis. We're the only podcast that gives out new year's gifts. Sure. So there you go. So uh, 23 players on the LA Kings roster, uh, coaching staff excluded. We give, we give Todd our, um, <laughs> our presents <laughs> during the post game uh, pressers. Those are our yes. presents to Todd. That's Those, our gifts <laughs> to him. Exactly. <laughs> Those are our gifts. More questions um, about Quentin Byfield. <clears throat> that stuff. Yes. Thank you for keeping track of that the other night. Um, had I been in Colorado, I certainly would have had questions as well about sure. QB moving to the top line. So uh, we'll save those for the Flyers game on Saturday. But uh, let's go through the roster. And we will there, there are just so for people that have never heard our gift giving before, there are no rules for this, Dennis. They, no. they don't have to be hockey related. They can be any sort of gift that you or I seem uh, feel is worthy. Mm -hmm. This is a gift. As we head into 2023, we'll start with number two, Alex Edler. What would you give Alex Edler heading into the new year? I'm going to give him a Kings of the Podcast silver stick to commemorate his 1,000th game tomorrow against Philadelphia. Okay. Wow. <laughs> timely. It's a timely gift. And you'll have to autograph it for him as well. So it's a special limited edition, one silver stick signed by you and me to Alex Edler. I, that's great. I will absolutely autograph that. Uh, I will do that with a black Sharpie. So it's there uh, in permanence. Okay. Moving down the list, number three, Matt Roy. I think we're, you're going to do the odd numbers and I'll do the even numbers. Or No, no you're going to do, do the evens the and I'll even do the odds. odds. Does that work? Exactly. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. If okay. people only knew the amount of preparation that we do not do prior to hitting the record button, Dennis, it's usually two text messages and we're good. Um, number three, Matt Roy. Here's what I'm going to give him, and this is going to probably be taken the wrong way. Um, I'm going to give him a new D partner. And th this is not this is not related specifically to Sean Dersey. So I will qualify my gift. I'm giving him a new D partner because either Matt needs to be moved down into the third pair with a different partner or he needs a true left pairing uh, or left mm -hmm. shot, excuse me, defenseman. And if you don't understand this gift, then you need to go back and listen to the last podcast because I think, DB, uh, we covered this in about a 10-minute yeah. episode. So that's my mm -hmm. gift to Matt Roy, a new D partner. And who knows? Maybe we'll talk about that coming up in the uh, third period today. So that's Matt Roy. 
Um, okay. Next up is you, Dennis. This is an, an even number. This would be uh, Drew Doughty, number eight. Drew Doughty, I'm giving him um, shooting lessons, Mr. 2.7 percentage shooting percentage this season. So I'm going to give some Drew some shooting lessons to make sure he hits the net more in the second half of the season. So let me ask you this question, because we have not had a chance to talk since I saw you the other night, and we were having a conversation. I, I'm not going to name who we were having a conversation with, because sure. it's, it's, it's somewhat irrelevant. Yep. But it was it we were having a private conversation with mm -hmm. somebody who has an incredible hockey mind, some, somebody yes. that you and I both respect, I think, very much. Agreed. And I'm always fascinated by his take and his comments yes. on the team, um, because he sees things through the eyes of a scout slash coach slash player type perspective, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. And his comment was that he still believes there's a lot of offense left in Drew Doughty and that Drew isn't shooting as much because he's just played so much hockey uh, of late where defense has become his primary responsibility. And he argued that Drew is the best defensive player on the, on the team among the blue liners and that he would like to see that it was not a slight on Mikey. It was just, he was saying he'd like to see him get a true like, Rob Scuderi type, who was 100% mm -hmm. defensive-minded and allowing Drew to open up that uh, offensive side of his game and still feels that he has a lot of offense left to give, even though that we haven't seen that uh, recently. I, I just wanted to get your take on those comments because we hadn't, we hadn't had a follow-up conversation about it. Well, it may change in the second half of the season because this team is going to continue to score goals. So I think, you know, it's the old saying, what, a rising tide raises all boats. So maybe Drew's numbers, at least from a goal perspective, might increase as those well. I don't think he's, he's shooting a lot, but he's not – He's he's never been the most accurate shooter. And, and to the point about another type of player, you want to solidify the second pair, then you trade for a left defense when you pair him with you and you put Mikey Anderson on the second pair on the left side, and you could put Dursey, you could put Roy. I'll give you your choice of putting Mikey. That would solidify and stabilize the second pair. So I, I get the person's point about that, where there, there's probably more offensively from Drew in the second half, and uh, maybe we see it. Yeah, or if you trade for somebody, are you better off putting them on the second pair on the left side and then putting Spencer Dersey there alongside of them so you end up with two sort of top pairs, uh, mm -hmm. Drew with Mikey and then uh, whoever that other person would be along with another right shot. But uh, I see your point there. Um, okay, number nine. Uh, this is an odd number. I'll take this one. This is Adrian Kempe. Here's what I'm going to give Kempe. I'm giving it a new pair of joggers, and here's why. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the crisis in the apparel industry, Dennis, but you know, the, um, the global supply chains have been affecting all sorts of different industries, car industries and different things. Joggers are still in high demand because during the pandemic, when everybody stayed home, they sort of bought up the world's supply of, of sweats and high-end right. joggers. And knowing uh, Kempe's sense of style and fashion and you know that sort of thing he probably is jonesing for a good pair of joggers so i, I don't know who makes 150 or 200 dollars pairs of uh of joggers i, I don't buy those type mm -hmm. of things but um mm -hmm. i'm i'm awarding kempe a really nice pair of new joggers you know mayor what we'll you're do, about to we'll tell me that you, you have one don't you no we'll, we'll take you to lululemon and you can okay. buy 150. is that where they are yeah, yeah okay. i'll take you in i know you've never been in that store wouldn't no, come never been there store. so we'll take you to lululemon you can go make a nice purchase and and gift it to uh, just for Kempe. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, number 11 is Anche Kopitar. And here's what I'm going to get Kopi. I'm going to give him shooting lessons with Gasper. And the reason for that is I, I would like to invest in Gasper's uh, budding business that he is doing, uh, signing up people to get shooting lessons with him. Beautiful. And I think 
imagine the brochures that Gasper could produce online digital brochures and advertisements if uh, one of his best students was Anjay. That would be fantastic. So I'm getting him six free lessons with Gasper Kopitar. Fantastic. Great. Uh, number 12 is you, Trevor okay. Moore. Trevor Moore. Less references to Thousand Oaks, more <laughs> references to his complete game. Okay. I for sure thought that you were going to give him a CPA because uh, he definitely needs one. I thought that would be your gift, but okay. For his new contract. Less references. I don't even know if that's possible. I think it's worked into his contract. It needs to be mentioned at least four times on every God, broadcast. No, please. No. Okay. Um, number 13. I think you're going to like this one, Dennis. Number no, 13 I'm, is I'm Gabe sure Velarde. Gabe Velarde. I am giving him, are you ready? No, I'm right. giving him a pair of wireless earbuds. And, and it's really ironic because I already had this gift in mind. And then Todd, the other night after the game, almost basically explained why I'm giving him this. If you remember, I asked Todd what what the communication is like with Gabe these days um, in terms of trying to find the consistency in his game. And do you mm -hmm. remember one of the comments that he made about communicating with Velarde right now? There isn't much of it. He basically said less is more. He said, yeah. I'm trying, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm trying not yeah. to get in his head. I'm trying not to disrupt his thoughts. And I'm trying to just kind of let him do his own thing. I'm paraphrasing heavily. The exact quotes sure. are out there. And I think I even tweeted them. But the point is, I'm giving him some wireless earbuds because Gabe needs to block out the outside noise. He doesn't yep. need to hear from people about his game. He knows his game. He knows when he's good. He knows when he's bad. He's very self-critical of his own game. So wireless earbuds, uh, Lardo, just turn some music on and have some fun. Okay. Uh, 19, Alex Ayafalo. Oh, Dennis, this was easy. Um, I don't have a membership to Costco, but I borrowed one. I went to Costco and I bought him, Alex Iafalo, a case of batteries because he has a drone. Remember he did the drone with the flying of the toilet paper oh, and everything? Yes, yes. And from what I understand, because I don't own a drone, those drones, like they suck uh, batteries uh, like an Xbox would. So I'm getting him a case of batteries for his drone. Okay. Uh, number 22, Kevin Fiala. What are you getting? Okay. I'm giving him two gifts. Oh, um, two. Yeah, I'm getting him the... The first half MVP trophy, but okay. I'm also giving him. Do you ever play the game of Risk when you were a kid? Yes. Okay, so this is the riskiest player on the team. So he's going <laughs> to give him a game of Risk to remind him that maybe you don't want to be so risky. Maybe you, you take your risks during this game and not when you're playing in the NHL. Okay. So, so less go. risk on the ice, more risk off the ice. Is that what you're it's saying? On the board, exactly. <laughs> that would be a great T-shirt, by the way. I was thinking of getting, uh, it wasn't on my list, but I was thinking of yeah. getting Kevin Fiala, Rosetta Stone. And the reason for that is, you know, he speaks all these different languages. And I thought, yes. what the hell? Why not add another language <laughs> uh, to the mix? You know, go go off the board, though. Just pick, pick, you know, not a very common one not French or something, pick something mm -hmm. really obscure, you know, 12th, 14th down the list and uh, Rosetta Stone for him. Uh, but it wasn't my player, so I can't give him anything. I'm saving my money for another player. You're about to go on a roll here, Dennis, because I think yeah. three or four of the next players are yours. So number 24, Philippe Duneau, what did you get him for the new year? I'm going to get him an I Love L.A. bumper sticker because <laughs> this guy so true. truly, <laughs> truly loves L.A. He truly loves L.A. He loves <laughs> playing here, walking down the street, not being recognized in Manhattan Beach, the whole thing. He couldn't be happier. There's not a happier player on this team. Than no, you're right. That's, that is the best 99-cent gift of all time. That is outstanding. White sometimes, elephant. There you go. Sometimes less is more. Exactly. Uh, yeah, can you see that? That somebody brings that to the white elephant, and Phil keeps yeah. trying to steal the gift and freeze <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Third steel, it's frozen. It's, it's frozen. It's frozen. It's mine. Exactly. Knock it off. 
Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. 26, Sean Walker. What are you getting? More, more pivotal goals like Thursday night in Colorado. That was oh. his best play in two seasons. Great pull and drag to, to tie the game. So just want to see more of those goals from Sean Walker in the second half. Okay. And number 28, Jarrett Anderson mm-hmm. Dolan. Chad, he's all yours. What are you getting him? I got my buddy a carving knife so he can carve out a spot in the top 12 for the second half of the season. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you want to know something funny, too? He, it, you know, you just forget about players when they're in their early 20s. And it's just like just like kids, yeah. right? How different they look. I saw Jad after the game the other night, and he looked so different, even though I just have seen him recently. I don't know what it is, yeah. but he's lost some of the... I don't want to call it baby fat, but the, the roundness in his face, yeah. it wasn't as round anymore. He had more of like a defined jawline. It actually took me a second to recognize that it was him. So um, I don't know why I felt the need to share that. But and, uh, You know, it's funny with, with Jod, John. Uh, I saw him. You remember he got nailed in the mouth uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, right? And mm-hmm. so right, right before we went into the room, they were coming off the ice, and I yelled to Jod. I'm like, well, there goes your modeling career because your <laughs> mouth is all messed up. So yeah, got, exactly. Got to laugh out of that, but uh, that's my gift for Jod. All right, for number 29, Phoenix Copley. He's on the team still, Dennis, um, so I had to get him something for the new year. This is what I got him. I got him a lifetime supply of candy canes, so I figured that was a great tie-in. I don't know. Uh, I, I keep seeing those candy canes on his mask, and and, and it, it doesn't resonate with me. I, I know why they're there because you know of the why. North Pole, but the color, the colors don't match. I don't yes. think Kempe, the high fashion guy, would approve of the red and white candy canes <laughs> on the purple and gold or the silver and black mask but i'm going to get him a lifetime supply of candy canes um db you have another good one here number 32 jonathan quick what are you getting him i'm giving him videos of 2012 and 2014 (laughs) as a reminder as he attempts to get back at least half his cage for the second half like this is what you were once so let's get back try to get back to that level obviously he won't get back to that level but just a little reminder of, of what was and maybe what could be going forward now, you know, in the old days, you would give him that on like a videotape and yeah, then it went DVD. to like CD-ROM or DVD. Yeah. But, you know, the kids now, they just download everything. So it, it, do you the think Quickie's going to is Quickie going to have to download these videos or, or is he more like old school? He needs it on a DVD. I actually might get him a DVD and give him a DVD player to go along okay. with this. So it, it's it's plug and play. You don't have to worry about download or anything like that. Just pop it in and watch uh, watch the old days. Okay, um, I'm going to apologize in advance because I did not have time to research uh, or, or go back and listen to the Kings of the Podcast episode where uh, Victor Ardvidsson mm-hmm. told us about some Swedish band that he liked. It wasn't right, ABBA. Right. It, was more, it was more of like a Swedish metal band. But I'm going to give uh, Victor Ardvidsson, number 33, two concert tickets to go and see that band. I'm sure they're playing some festival um, this coming summer. Who knows? Maybe we'll ask. Uh, there's what I'm going to give him. I'm going to ask Slagle, if you remind me in the second period, because I'll forget, I'm going to ask Slagle, who is the hot up and coming Swedish metal band? And he's going to give us the hot tip. This is we're talking to Brian Slagle, the guy that discovered Metallica. Okay, he's going to give us the hot tip on the new Swedish metal band. And that's the band I'm going to give Arvidsson tickets to this summer so he can tell all of his friends that he was into them before they blew up and became big. Great. Good gift. 34, Arthur Kaliev. I don't, let me see what you're going to give Kaliev. What what are you going to give Artie here? I'm going to give him, um, I'm going to give him a matching boot to the walking boot he's in right now. So he has a nice pair. No, nobody, nobody wants that. Okay. I'm, I'm rescinding your gift for Kaliev and I'm giving him 
a suite at Dodger Stadium for next season. You know, Artie, he's a Mets fan, but he's converting yeah. over to being a Dodger he fan. Is. So I okay. figure if we give him a suite for one season, one full year, he'll go to as many games as he possibly can. He can bring Byfield and, you know, Byfield and Clark, they both have their Dodger hats. I think Kaliab finally bought one, he told us. So Kaliab gets a Dodger suite. That's what I'm giving him. Okay, good. Two, All right. Two gifts. Special. Two gifts. Yes. You, well, you you gave Jonathan Quick a DVD player and a DVD, so yeah, I think yeah, Kaliab deserves two gifts. From each okay. of us, shows a lot of love for the player. Nothing but love for Artie. It's an Artie party at Dodger Stadium. How great Every is that? Day. Uh, does anybody no nobody wears 34 that was fernando's old number um i was gonna say we could get him a jersey too but no nobody wears 34 in uh dodger stadium uh 44 this is you mikey anderson well given he's making a million dollars this year i'm giving him a list of comparable contracts for a 20 minute a night top pair d on a winning team so he can look at the look into the future so you're basically you're setting him up for his contract extension you're helping certainly him. Yeah. Just okay helping him out. Exactly. nice work there uh, 46, Blake Lazat. You know, we have a repeat gift, John. Because I'm also giving Blake Lazat batteries to keep the Energizer Bunny of this team going and going and going and going. <laughs> you, you know what I was going to give him? I was going to give him a, a gift card to Massage Envy because nobody gets beat up more on a nightly no. basis than Blake Lazat. He could probably use a good Great massage. Job. He so absolutely could. Absolutely. 90 minutes at, at Massage Envy. There you go. Uh... Forty man, you're you have a role here. Uh number forty-eight. Yeah. Brendan Lemieux. Um more dance partners to play to his strength in the second half of the season. That's a good one. He's playing the Flyers tomorrow. Well, if he's back in the lineup, because he was uh he was a scratch against uh Colorado, which was interesting, right? But mm -hmm. if uh, if Lemieux is back in the lineup on Saturday against the Philadelphia Flyers. You would think, at least historically and on paper, if yeah. there was a team that would be ready to dance, right. it would be the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, so good luck to Brendan Lemieux on Saturday. Um, number 50, Sean Dursey. What do you have for Durs? Simple. Patience, young Jedi. Patience. <laughs> That's what I want added to his game. Patience. Patience. Okay. That's it. Fair enough. Um, I have number 53, which is Jordan mm -hmm. Spence. And here's what I'm going to get him. A yo-yo. Because he probably feels <laughs> like one right now. So why not just give him one and, you know, just let him become one? The sympathy gift. There you go. I like it's that. a yo-yo. There you exactly. go. Uh, after number 53, we have number 89, which is Rasmus Kapari. 55. Oh. oh, I'm so sorry. He is back on the lineup. You're right. 55. Okay. Excuse me. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You of all people. Yes. I'm, I'm, how dare I'm, you? How I, I I deserve to go to the penalty, but I can't even give him a gift. You, I need to give myself gift. a gift. Exactly. <laughs> give me some ginkgo. Fifty-five. <laughs> Quentin Byfield. Ah, what can I give a kid that has everything? Uh, Quentin Byfield. Well, see. I would now. I gave my Dodger suite away already to Kaliev, which is too bad mm -hmm. because I probably would have given it to Byfield. And I've already given my wireless earbuds away to Gabe Velarde. Mm -hmm. That would have also been something. Annoying. And I gave my shooting lessons away, which I would have given to Byfield as well. Um, so, what can I give Byfield? See, I wasn't prepared for this one. I had thought about my other ones quite extensively, but uh, mm -hmm. Byfield, number fifty-five. You know what I'm going to give him? Here's what I'm going to give him. Okay. I'm going to give him a new number. And here's why. Okay. Brant Clark really wanted number 55. Okay. Things haven't gone right for young Byfield wearing number 55. He's okay. had a number of setbacks in his young brief career. 
we don't have to list them. We've covered them at length on this program many, many. I wish you guys could see the look on Dennis's face when I said we've covered them many times. It was a great face. He was agreeing with me. Let's give him a new number. I don't even care what the number is. We will let him pick that number. But okay. I think 55 hasn't really worked out for QB. Let's give 55. This is a gift that keeps on giving. Let's give 55 to Brant Clark, and then QB can get a new number. That's my gift. Okay. Except Fair. Clark wants 92 so because his brother has 92, and they want to play in the league together with 92. Well, he really didn't want 92. That was, I mean, it's it's not that, that it's after a, the fact. It's not, yeah, it's not that it's a false story. It's that when once he basically was told that he can't have 55, he had right. to then come up with another number, okay. and that's the way he came up with that. But Beautiful. in a dream, it would be 55. That's that's his okay. dream number. Got it. He is wearing okay. five for Team Canada, by the way. So if you're yes. watching the World Juniors, he's wearing number five. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so now back to number 89. Uh, it was, are we clear from 55 to 89? Are we good? Yep. Yep. Now okay. it's on you. Let's go. I want to make sure I didn't forget anybody else. Um, for number uh, 89, Rasmus Kapari, I am getting him a box of tissues. And the reason for that is that Team USA is going to spank Finland <laughs> in the New Year's Eve game. <laughs> I'm predicting a big win for the Americans. And I know that Kapari is going to be crying about it. So I want to Have you let him know that, John? <laughs> Well, tomorrow maybe. i'm not yeah i don't i won't see him until after the game oh, you won't we'll see, see the game okay. starts well they'll be playing at the same time because both oh, games will. start okay. at one o'clock tomorrow afternoon so oh, okay. i either can really give him a ration of shit when i see him after the game you or can. i can or i can do the cowardly thing and just politely avoid him in the locker room <laughs> after the game so i'm not sure which one grab him on the way me, in get there early grab him yeah. on the way in and say hey by the way your team's going down today i'm gonna right. text him right now just a picture of an american flag that's Jeez. it no other context <laughs> just a picture of the american, an american flag. flag after the game's over that's yeah, it there you go that's what i'm getting him that's uh great. okay last but not least number 91 carl grunstrom and db this gift is a little bit too easy it is a little bit predictable but sure. what i'm going to get him is i'm going to get him a custom tonka truck and instead of it being yellow it's going to be black and silver a black and silver tonka truck now i don't know if not our first retro tonka truck no no no, but well maybe because here's why this was the problem i had with this gift okay (laughs) very few people listening will really understand this but i will text you the photo when i visualized this silver and black tonka truck yeah a picture that my mind, you know, your mind is like a computer. It goes deep into the files and it pulls out images that you have seen previously. Sure. And the image of a silver and black Tonka truck pulled up a memory from my memory bank from 2012. It was around July of 2012. And it was a silver and black painted wagon behind two horses going through like a dirt rodeo or something and okay. sitting in the wagon. Do you know where I'm going with this yet? No, I'm not. I have to send you this picture. Sitting in the wagon with the, I don't know what those are, the the reins, the whips, wherever they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, In this silver and black wagon was Dwight King and the Stanley Cup with a big 74 painted on the wagon. So I'm envisioning a big black and silver wagon. And I was like, well, maybe I don't want to go with a silver and black Tonka truck. So. See, that's why okay. I'm saying maybe you were on the right path, Dennis. Maybe I should have gone with the reverse retro Tonka. Then it would be yellow and purple. And then I wouldn't be thinking about or foreign blue and gold or whatever your preference is. But maybe that's the way to go. Sure. OK, I will text you the photo of Dwight King. You, yes. It'll be it'll be burned into your memory. You will never you will never, never. you won't be able to unsee it because I haven't yeah. been able to. For I'll 10 need years. a sleeping aid to go to sleep. <laughs> this is the last <laughs> minute of play in the period. Uh, how, speaking of gifts, coming up on the other side of the break, Dennis, we have the gift of gifts. Yes. We have 
Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records. Why don't we get out of here, play some music? Oh, Dennis, we have some great music lined up on the program today, by the way. I should uh, be sure to mention this. I'm probably going to screw the name up, so I apologize in advance to all of you uh, music heads out there. We decided to play some Def Leppard today for uh, Mikey Anderson, and mm-hmm. we also have, is it Baby Rexa? Is that how you say it? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Who Baby, Mikey Baby Mikey Rexa. whiffed on the name, um, but that's the, the, the song, I guess, the Kings play in the locker room. Before yes. we come in, before we get to hear Aha, they have that mm-hmm. song. By the way, she's a big Kings fan. I don't know if you know this. And the Kings, allegedly, I did a little digging on this. They've been playing her since before she blew up. Like, she played yeah. at the All-Star Game here in 2017. And mm-hmm. inside, back in the, when the building was Staples Center, they were playing some of her music in the building. So, apparently, she's a really big deal in L.A. And she has a couple million followers, I think. And she tweets yeah. at the Kings. So, she, she's a Kings fan. And and the first time I knew of her, she sang the national anthem when the Rams were playing at the Coliseum. So she's oh. she's been singing and appearing in, at at sporting events all around LA. So she's legit. Oh yeah, legit. Oh yeah, no, big time, big time. All right, so there you go. We'll be back after the break with another big time legit player, Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records. Welcome back, second period. We are always excited to be joined by a good friend of the program, uh, CEO, founder of Metal Blade Records. You guys know him. He was part of Kings of the Roundtable. He's been on Kings of the Podcast previously. We're talking about Brian Slagle. Slags, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me as always, guys. Well, we're uh, we're always happy to talk to you because you you live the life that Dennis and I would love to live to live. Man, I can't talk today. I don't know what's going on, but uh, you live this fabulous life. You're out traveling. We were joking uh, in the first period before you came on. You probably have seen hockey in countries that we don't even know exist uh, in your in your travels. But you are where at least somewhere that we are familiar with and have been to. You are from what we understand. You're in Phoenix or Scottsdale this week or Tempe, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you've been you've been hitting up some of the games there at Mullet Arena. Is that right? Tempe would be the case. Yes, sir. Somewhere, um, somewhere there in, in the greater Phoenix area. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The only problem with my life is that I still have to work. All I really want to do is go watch hockey. If somebody <laughs> could pay me just to do that, I'd be very happy. So you guys are living my actual uh, life that I want to live. So <laughs> way street there. Okay. That works. Um, look, before we forget, because uh, we have a lot of different things to get into today, we can talk about we can talk about spirits, we can talk about liquor, we can talk about hockey, we can talk about music, and uh, we have a question for you about some Swedish metal bands. But I want to get this out there before I forget. How do you feel about this? You uh, had started the Metal Blades Museum, and you had been you know doing some things there in Vegas. Um, but now the Punk Rock Museum is about ready to open. Are you are you aware of the Punk Rock Museum that's coming to Vegas? I'm very, very well aware of it. I know a lot of the people involved in it. I'm extremely excited for it, too, because you know, I love that Vegas is kind of becoming the museum capital and certainly music museum capital as well. So I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I've been traveling, as you guys mentioned. So I know they're doing a soft open 
the next month or two. And I think, I think the official opening is March, but mm-hmm. I, I, knowing those guys, I'm sure they did a great idea. I, I, they did a great job on it. And I'm excited to see it. So is it going to inspire you to do something even bigger or, ba- uh, you know, on, on, a, on a grander stage from a metal blade or a metal perspective? Well, let's hope so. I mean, look, part of the reason I did this Metal Blade Museum was was hoping that people in the metal community would kind of see what we did and say, hey, let's do something broader. Because we've been trying for years to do something, and it's not as easy in the metal world, unfortunately, as it is in the punk world to do something, just because a lot of politics, yada, yada. But I think we're getting to a point, and Vegas would be the perfect spot, and I'm hoping to get, because some of the people involved in the punk museum are also metal people too. And, you know, so you never know down the road. If it was up to me, uh, I would love to see a metal museum in Vegas and hopefully the punk museum. And there's, you know, the kiss museum out there as well. Maybe that'll hasten a little bit. Great. B you mentioned you're in Arizona. You saw a couple of games at mullet from an NHL perspective. I understand you're going to go to the ASU game, like your thoughts on the experience at mullet and just in big picture, like, is it all worth it to go through all of this to keep hockey in Arizona and in the Phoenix market? Well, that's a lot to talk about there. Um, first of all, I'll say the experience uh, is, is unique. You know, people are asking me a lot about it. It's very unique. The first game I went to, it, it felt like it was a preseason game because it, it's not an NHL arena, you know? Right. So it felt like I've had a preseason game. But then once the game starts, it's full-on, you know, speed NHL regular season hockey. And the sight lines there are incredible. They did an absolutely phenomenal job of building that for hockey. Where the, you know, the sight lines, like I'm about, um, I'm almost to the, to the top, and I'm so close to the ice that it, it's incredible. You see everything, and, and the action is really great, and the atmosphere is really fun. A uh, couple things to do, to do, though, if you're going there, eat something beforehand because there's very limited food options, and uh, expect long lines in the bathrooms and all those sort of fun things, even though it's a very small arena. But but I thought it was a lot of fun. And then the second game I went to, which was the Leafs game, I was used to the arena, and I enjoy the game even more because you kind of get over that, where am I, what is happening here, this is weird, and then you just kind of enjoy the game, and it was super fun. Slegs, I, 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 uh, I, I see you as a foodie. You love food so much. I can't imagine you going to a game thinking like, oh, God, I can't wait to get to the arena and have a couple of hot dogs tonight. No, no, I, I rarely do, but uh, you know, you, I, I just know people that went there. The lines were pretty long, so if you don't pre-eat. And I, I ate beforehand because I had kind of figured that that was going to be the case. <laughs> yes. uh, one thing to touch, one thing to touch on uh, with De- what Dennis said too about uh, is this all worth it to keep hockey in Arizona? So I've had um, I've had properties in Arizona from like ninety two to two thousand ten. I was the inaugural season ticket holder for the Phoenix Coyotes, and when that team was downtown. This city was a hockey city, and every game they they sold out. You know, they weren't selling a lot of the obstructed seats, and you know that was a problem, obviously. But this was a hockey town, and people were into it, and they love it, and they love that sport. When they built the arena out in Glendale, it, it's like an hour and a half from wherever he lives. And, you know, you don't want to go an hour and a half, especially if you're living there, uh, to go see a, a game way out in the boonies. So if they do build that arena here in Tempe, which hopefully they will. It's going to be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, when you were on Kings of the Roundtable, of course, um, 
one of your hot takes I, I've been needling you about for several years uh, because my son has also needled you about it was your take on Adrian Kempe. So I just wanted to get your analysis. This is the first time we've had you on air after Kempe's big breakout year last year, as well as his uh, trip to the All-Star game. What's your assessment of Adrian Kempe these days? Yeah, I'm not perfect in my in my uh, opinion. <laughs> no sometimes I was I was I will absolutely admit I was very wrong on Adrian Kempe. But this is what I will say is that I noticed. And you know, I, I don't know what went on behind the scenes, really, but I noticed he looks he looks lean and chiseled, like he looks in much much better shape starting last year than he did before. And obviously, you know, you know, guys are younger, and you know, you, you got to take it seriously, especially. in you know, a lot of people ask, well, what's the difference between this guy and that guy, or why this player that Hollis Town didn't make it? You got to have the commitment. You got to have the commitment to you know for diet and exercise and all that sort of stuff. And he looked like he bought in full full bore because he looked a lot better in, in, in terms of just looked you know thinner faster all that sort of stuff and it and it paid off uh, with him having a great season any king's prospect uh, currently that you want to trash or uh, that you can <laughs> apologize for later or or you're going to reserve judgment no 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 i am i'm i'm uh i i'm all i you know we've talked before a, a lot i'm i'm all on board with a lot of these king's prospects i've seen all of them play in junior and world juniors i currently am a huge fan of, of frank clark because i saw him as well as as wright and, and bedard and uh Mishkov and all these guys in dallas at the under under 18 tournament when it was in dallas a yeah. year and a half or so ago which was one of my favorite 10 days of my entire life it was just those players are phenomenal and, and clark at that point looked great and he's looked pretty good so far in the world juniors this year so i'm, I'm super high on him I'm not sure. I know you went to a lot of Vegas games. We're a season ticket holder. I'm not sure if you're still a season ticket holder, but we're at the halfway point. Vegas is all banged up. Kings are two points behind with a, Vegas a game in hand. Can LA win the division? Yeah, I don't see why not. It's it, it's a weird. It, it's you know Vegas is kind of becoming like last year again. In fact, somebody posted that their record and everything is almost identical to the way it was last year. And they're very you know Vegas is always very you know. They don't say much about injuries. Nobody really knows what's going on with Eichel or some of these other guys. So if those guys are out long term, especially Eichel, I mean, that's going to be a, a big, a big hit for that team. And sure, the Kings could win it. I mean, you know, <clears throat> they've been playing really well. They play a full system. Looks like they kind of have the goaltending sorted out now. That's, I think, kind of their biggest problem. But it looks like, at least for now, it's doing pretty well. So they could, of course, win the division. I mean, Edmonton's struggling. Calgary's struggling. The rest of the division struggling. I don't anticipate that the Kraken as much as it's fun. I don't know that they're going to win the division either. So the Kings might have right now the best shot to win the division. Talk a little bit more just uh, about Vegas to build on Dennis's question there, because they've gone through so many changes and, and you know, the removal of Marc-Andre Fleury to go back a little bit uh, and, and some of the people that were removed from that room, the coaching changes. Are you happy with this team? Do you like what you see with this team right now? Or, or do you still have some concerns overall besides the injuries, of course? Oh, I, I, I've got concerns, a lot of concerns. Uh, I know a lot of people that work for the team and, and they, um, yeah, it wasn't a real good ending for for a lot of them, unfortunately. And I, I don't know. Look, I wasn't sure that they were going to even make the playoffs this year, but they certainly came out of the gate looking great. And nobody, you know, there's so many variables there. Is Eichel going to be back? Is Stone with his injury going to be back? What is Logan Thompson going to be in the NHL? And so far, all those guys, when they're healthy, have played very, very well. But now we've got the injury bug again in Vegas, and like, you just don't know how long these guys are out. So, 
Look, I would have much rather them keep Mark Andre Fleury, which I think almost everybody else would have liked them to do. And it was he was the most popular Las Vegas athlete of all time, and losing him that that did a lot of damage to the to the fan base. You could easily get tickets to nights games where you couldn't before. I was getting I'm a season ticket holder, so I was getting offered, hey, you want to buy extra tickets, uh, group tickets, you know, and that never happened before. You could not get tickets, so I think they hurt themselves, but. Like anything else, out of the gate, they were really great, and all the arena was filled up, and it's kind of back to normal. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough because they want to win now, and they've got aside from Brendan Brisson, they don't really have very many prospects. Right. So once these guys all age out in a couple of years, they're probably not going to be very good. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that this team has what it takes at this point in time to compete for a Stanley Cup, in my opinion. But trade deadline, who knows? But they're also at the cap, so who do you get rid of? And right. A lot of problems there. B, you were a Ovechkin fan since day one. Your thoughts on him passing Gordie Howe and the pursuit of Wayne Gretzky at this point? So I mentioned seeing uh, Bedard and, and Michkov uh, at the under-18 tournament where they were 16. And I also had the incredible opportunity to be in Halifax when Ovechkin was playing in the World Juniors at 16, and boy, what a talent he was! He didn't play a lot because he was only 16, and you know they had a lot of good players on that team. But he did when he did play, he looked really good. Would I have predicted he would have passed Gordie Howe ever? I mean, I, I've been a huge fan. I love his game. I love the goal scoring. I love the toughness. I love the hitting. I mean, the first couple of years in the league, go, guys, go to YouTube and look at Ovechkin. The first couple of years in the league, guy was unbelievable. I forget who he hit. In his first or second year in Anaheim, he ran over some guy and scored a goal. It was like, I was like, this is insane. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, look, he's, I don't think you can argue anymore. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time. And unless he gets hurt, God forbid, uh, he's certainly going to pass Gretzky at some point as well, which is amazing. Going back to Vegas for just a second, <clears throat> I was there in town a couple of weeks ago. And one thing that I noticed a year ago, and for really since their inception, Vegas was a hockey town. Everywhere you went, people were obsessed with the Vegas Golden Knights. The banners, the stickers, the license plates, the flags, the shirts, the hats. I mean, it was everywhere. It was omnipresent. With the Raiders in town, there was a lot of conversation about, well, how is that going to change the complexion of the market? I'm just telling you as an outsider coming in, I noticed a lot more Raider stuff and a lot less of the VGK presence I'm curious for someone who's there and knows the market much better. What's your take on how the Raiders have impacted Vegas sort of stranglehold? Well, the golden Knights, that is stranglehold on, on the Vegas community. Yeah. I don't know that it's the Raiders as much really, honestly, it's the Mark Andre Fleury factor. I mean, that I saw how many, I have so many friends who were outraged. A lot of people, you got to remember a lot of people in Vegas were not hockey fans before the Knights got there. I have countless friends in Vegas that, that, never went to a hockey game, ever even thought about it. They went to games, fell in love with the Knights, and more importantly, they fell in love with Mark Andre Fleury. And as I mentioned before, he's, he's the most popular athlete in, of all time in Vegas. You can ask any anybody that's been there even longer than I have, they'll, they'll tell you that. And that really hurt. I mean, look, there's a little bit of competition there, obviously, because you know, you've got two major sports teams there now. And, and But I don't, I don't really think that it's that, the Raiders, as much as it is the Mark Andre Fleury thing, as far as the night stuff, and you know the Raiders are also—they're the new shiny toy, as we like to talk about the Knights. Uh, the Raiders are the new shiny toy, so you know everybody's staying behind it because, it, again, it's a great sports town, and you know people like are okay. The Raiders are ours now, and we love the Raiders. We're getting behind the Raiders, and um, so yeah, I mean, I could only imagine if that team had any sort of success 
what that city would be like. But um, yeah. B, um, what do you think about the digital ads on the boards? A lot of people, there's a lot of backlash now. It's distracting, whatever. I'm, I watch the game. I don't even see it half the time. But just, just your thoughts, because you're ahead of the curve, guy. Just your thoughts on the digital advertising. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it with a passion. And here's here's why. I I get the revenue. I get all that stuff. Uh, and look, I, I'm all I'm all for that. But the technology isn't there yet. When guys go into the corners. That you lose sticks, you lose half the person. So now you're watching the game, and instead of it being a flowing game, they they got to cut to the other cameras where the where the digital boards aren't on. So that's kind of just distracting because you're going from that to another one because you can't see it. And I noticed, look, not I'm gonna this is gonna sound bad, but I have an 85 inch TV, you know, mainly for sports, and you really notice it there a lot more than you do on like a 65 inch TV, like smaller TVs. I don't notice it as much, but the big ones, you really notice it because like I said, guys, sticks disappear in there. So if the technology was better and you didn't have those issues and it was just, they were just changing things around, I'd be okay with it. But until they can get it to the point where you're not losing half of a player when they go into the, into the corners, that's my issue. with it. Take us around the league a little bit. Uh, We've talked a little Kings. We've talked a little Vegas Golden Knights. We've even talked a little bit, sort of, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, what, what are some headlines that have grabbed you this season, teams that are maybe playing above expectations, teams you're worried about? Who, who's exciting you these days around the league? Well, the last four of the last five years, I correctly picked the at least one of the teams in the stack of final and three of the winners. So I've got a pretty good track record going on. Um, this year, I'm a little worried because I picked Carolina, who's thankfully playing much better now, so I feel better. And I picked them playing Edmonton, and Edmonton has all the issues that, you know, I, I, I could go on and on about that, but they don't play defense. And until their star players start to play a little bit of defense and commit to playing some sort of defense, that team's going to struggle. But I, honestly, the biggest surprise of all, the team I picked not to make the playoffs, is the best team in the league, the Boston Bruins. <laughs> it's incredible. I have no, no idea how that happened. I mean, all those players are phenomenal, but oh my gosh, if, you know, Krejci picks up after a year and he's in, the chemistry is all there and the goaltending's been great. And, you know, without, you know, even without Marchand and McAvoy early on, I, that team is by far the, the biggest surprise. And I've seen them live a couple of times now. Man, they, they play, they play the full 200 foot game. You know, they play, they play the way teams that win Stanley Cups do. All right. So we know that you're great at picking music. So let, let's go with the music question then here. Uh, prior to having you on, we were giving out our gifts going into 2023. Dennis and I were very kind people. We wanted to give gifts to all of the LA Kings players. And I wanted to give Victor Ardvidsson a pair of tickets to a, a concert to see some hot, young Swedish metal band that's coming up. So so lay it on us. I don't know who the new the next, the next new Swedish metal band is. Give me an idea of who we should send uh, RV to go see. Well, you you missed out because just uh, December seventeenth, just a couple weeks ago, uh, Amana Mars from Sweden sold out uh, a good portion of the forum. I think they had eight thousand people there, which was by far the biggest Swedish metal band playing in an arena in the U.S. It's certainly in L.A. So, but don't worry, they will be back next year with another Swedish band together and they will probably sell out the whole forum next year. So Amana Marth and the band to be named later, which I can't say who it is at this point, but that's the, that's the show he should go to. Okay. I have to ask one follow. We will, we will do that. 
Now, Slags, I have to ask a follow-up question. Please talk me off a ledge here. I want to tell you. When I saw that Metallica was going to tour next year, and, and I know you're not really totally affiliated, but you know you have the inside scoop, you know things. So here's the deal. When I saw that Metallica was going to tour in the round, I instantly got excited because I remembered seeing them at the Forum. It was a fantastic show. They played with Godsmack. I saw them at the Honda Center. I think it was still maybe the Pond back then, but whatever. The point is, those were great shows. And then I looked and I clicked the button for the LA show, and they're playing SoFi. And it was like a gigantic balloon and when you let the air out, I was just, oh, really? SoFi? So just excite me. Tell me that they're going to they're gonna do arenas after this Coliseum or this, uh, this, this stadium tour. Tell, give me some good news. Well, they did just play at the Microsoft, or the YouTube Theater, Microsoft Theater. I forget which, which one, but they had a charity thing in L.A., which is only like 8,000 people. Yes. They just did that. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I am with you. I am not a fan of stadium shows at all <clears throat> and uh, just so this is going to sound really weird and and uh, and really kind of a, a left turn but i'm a, I'm a i've become a fan and, and more importantly friends with morgan wallen's band who are all metalheads okay. so i saw him a couple he's this huge country artist we don't know who he's he the is, guy with the mullet the big, right yeah well there all are but he <laughs> he, he has but right now he has the longest running uh billboard top top an album of all time. He beats the, the Beatles or somebody. It's insane. Really? But anyway, I saw him. Yes. Okay. He sold more. He sold more music than any other artist in North America last year by a lot. Okay. He's massive. So anyway, so I saw him play live a few times, and his band are metal guys, and he played some, a bunch of rock and metal stuff, and it was amazing. Fire, explosions of fire. It was amazing in an, in an arena. I went to his first ever stadium show. He played the Texas Rangers Stadium in Dallas. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just not the same. It's just not, seeing it that close together, it's just not the same. But what I will say about Metallica is that, I mean, they're, they're too big. They got to play these stadiums. It's ridiculous, but I get it. But they do like to go back and, and get back to their roots a little bit. And they might not play an arena tour, but they might do go out and do some of these small shows in select cities, LA certainly being one of them. So hit me up when that happens. And uh, I'm sure I can hook you up. I appreciate that. Thank you. One of, one of my best nights, Dennis, I mean, I've had a lot of good nights with you, but I do have to admit one of my best, one of the best nights of my life. I went with Slagle to see Metallica at the, uh, the Fonda theater. Oh, it doesn't boy. get much better than, no. I mean, short of going to the Viper room, I don't think it gets no. any better than going to, the, <laughs> the, going to the Fonda to see Metallica. So that was fantastic. That was, that was a great show. So uh, let's keep a track on stadiums. So the Winter Classic is coming up. I assume you've been to Winter Classic Stadium Series games. What's your thought on these big tentpole events that the NHL does? I have not been to a... I've been to one stadium series game. That was the Ducks and the Kings, whenever that was, at Dodger Stadium. I'm not a fan. First of all, I'm not a fan of the cold. So okay. I'm not going to go to these winter classic games because yes. it's way too cold. Got it. I had a photographer friend of mine. He said, well, come, come with me, and, and we can go inside in between periods. I go, maybe if somebody invited me to a suite that I could be warm at, I yep. might possibly go. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of the cold. And I'm not a fan of stadium. I mean, it's can't see anything it's like there's a bunch of ants standing around there you know I'm, i get the experience of it and at some point i'm gonna have to go just to say i went to one because i've been to every other hockey event known to man so i gotta cross it off my bucket list but i keep hoping they'll do one a winter classic in tampa or miami or something okay. Slags, i just i just knocked you down a peg or two though because you've never come across as a bougie guy at all you're like somebody who wears 
shorts and sneakers all the time, but now you're so bougie you only want to go in a suite? Well, only to stay warm. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's the only thing. I, that's what I, I don't I'd want. want. I, I only go for it. I don't hey, like. Hey, Sla- Slagle's like- made it to Ontario, Dennis. So you're it's a rung mine. below. No, I made it to Ontario. <laughs> so, so, oh, so by the way, Ontario might be yeah. the coldest arena that I've ever been in. So. <laughs> exactly. See, so there you go. It's even worse. So like, so, like, on that track, what do you think? And John's brought this up. I think I brought it up as well. What would you think uh, about a home-and-home home between the Vegas Golden Knights and L.A. Kings, one game at SoFi, one game at Allegiant? I would love it. I think that would be phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And I, I think we get, you know, we get kind of the, the Western folks and the Southern folks. We kind of don't aren't allowed that that much because it's always got to be the elements and stuff. I get it. I understand it. But, I mean, those those would sell out. Uh, if, you, if you did the same thing in, in Tampa and Miami, you had a game in Miami at, at Dolphin Stadium and one in Tampa at the Buck Stadium. Those would, I mean, those games would sell out. They'd be incredible events. And I went to the Rangers-Kings preseason game in Vegas at Caesars Palace in September or whatever year it was when it was 116 degrees out and they were somehow able to keep ice going. <laughs> They had to stop a couple of times, so you can you can keep the ice going, and it, you know it's cooler in the winter in those cities, sure. so you can do it. Uh, New Year's is coming up. Um, I'm trying to figure out what umbrella drink I'm going to drink for New Year's, but um, I, I, I understand I could put either some Metal Blade vodka or rum into a uh, into an umbrella drink. So just talk a little bit about the brand and uh, the uh, the alcohol that you've uh, been producing. Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of branding stuff. We, we never really kind of did that at Metal Blade over the years until the bands do it. I think all the bands have done it enough. We're like, well, we have a good brand. We should do something. So we, we teamed up with uh, our friends at Infinity Vodka, which is a uh, vodka out of Dallas. It's a, a craft vodka that they make in Holland. It's very similar to, you know, the big ones, Tito's, and it's made the same way. It's distilled and gluten-free and all this stuff. That, it's really good. So we partnered up with them. We've got distribution now in about eight or nine states, including in Nevada. It's all of these liquors in Nevada. So if you're in Nevada, go out to these liquors and get it. You can go to MetalBladeVodka.com, and you can order it in the 35 states, I think, that you're allowed to, to have vodka, uh, vodka or any alcohol shipped to you. Uh, and then next year, we're actually going to run a new version of it. Same same vodka, but new version. It'll be in, in small bottles, big bottles, the whole thing. And we're having this big national distribution thing. So it's going to be fun. And then, yeah, we, we partnered with our friends in Key West at the, at the oldest rum distiller in the country in Key West, Florida, for the Metal Blade Rum. So if you're in Key West, you can go buy and get some there. Or you can go to MetalBladeRum.com and order it, again, to be delivered wherever you are in the 35 states that allow you to buy alcohol online. Slags, DB and I will be in Florida for the All-Star game. I'm assuming that you would be down there? Uh, so, yes, I was very much planning on doing it, but I completely forgot. This is where my schedule's at again, where there's like two things happening the same night a lot, and I keep missing things. So I'm very big involved with the T.J. Martell Foundation, which is the music industry's cancer mm-hmm. uh, charity organization. And every year we do this huge wine dinner in L.A., uh, kind of around the Grammys, and I've been a wine captain there for many, many years. It's a phenomenal organization, and I, I, I love working with them. That's on February 2nd. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out if I can get from L.A. all the way to Miami in a reasonable amount of time to try to to get down there. But I'm working on it. Okay. All right. Well, if you do, maybe the three of us, we can have some uh, Metal Blade rum. We can have an umbrella drink in in DB's honor uh, when we're all three together in Florida. 
Like, so I got to get DB some rum, and then can I get you the vodka? Sure, that would be great. Gotta I would autograph the bottles, though. I need them. I'm not even. Of course, the first I'm. One. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. No problem. Slags, thank you so much. It was a great tour through the music and hockey world. It's always fascinating uh, getting to live your life for uh, just 20 or 30 minutes here. Look forward to seeing you, and uh, all the best to you and everybody at Metal Blade in 2023. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year, you guys. I always love being on, and Happy New Year, everybody out there. Safe and happy holidays. There you go. Brian Slagle of Metal Blade Records. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk more L.A. Kings hockey. Right Slags, that was that Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Welcome back, Kings of the Podcast. Third period and uh, Dennis Bernstein, Brian Slagle, the CEO, uh, the founder of Metal Blade Records, the world traveler. He's owned hockey teams. He has Mm -hmm. something like 3,000 hockey jerseys. Uh, He wants to live our life. We always think we want to live his life, but apparently he wants to be us, DB. Has he seen our lives? I don't think he's really taking a deep dive. If he took a deep dive, may, may want to retract that statement. But uh, Brian's been a longtime friend, always delivers, always has great opinions, uh, whether you enjoy him or not. So uh, it's just great that he always comes back and uh, gets with us at Kings in a Podcast every season. Yeah. So, I mean, you might want to be us for one night, but if I'm, if I'm yeah, going to pick lives, I think I might go with Brian Slagle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to have uh, three thousand. I'd like to have a house just to, to house my hockey jerseys. That's right. I like that life for a little bit, maybe. So we'll see. I thought he was going to work that in though, because um, from what he told me before, he sold the house. And for those that don't know the story, I'll catch yeah. you up here. He used to have a house in Phoenix or the greater Phoenix area, mm-hmm. um, where he housed all of the jerseys. But then he relocated everything. He consolidated some of his homes when he relocated yeah. to uh, to Vegas a couple of years back, because he used to live in the mm-hmm. in the South Bay here in Southern California, and he also lived up in the Valley for a while as well. But when he mm-hmm. when he moved to Vegas a few years ago, he decided that was sort of going to be home base and. He's, yep. he's building out a compound and he has the metal blade museum and all the other stuff going on. And he, so he sold the house uh, that he had there in Arizona. And I thought he would work that into the story, but we didn't get to it. So apparently the jerseys are all now in Vegas from what I understand. Yeah. That's my understanding as well. I was going to have Earl call in and do a run in during, during the spot, but um, I was, cause Earl is obsessed as he should be with Brian and his Jersey collection. Um, because that is, that's like Earl's idol, right? I mean, other than yeah. Stephen Piercy from rat, you're talking of about course. a guy who's involved in metal and hockey, which would yep. make Earl happy. But my fear was that Earl was going to drop some of his terrible takes into the, into the, uh, the interview <laughs> there and then throw things off track. I don't know if you remember this, Dennis, but he had some really bad takes the last time we had Earl on. We love Earl, but, uh, we did our live show during the playoffs there outside of the arena in downtown LA. And, oh, Earl, I, I just, we had to edit some stuff out of the show. It was bad. Dennis. <laughs> 
Um, I love speaking Earl. Of, Come on. Earl's the oh, no, I love Earl. I mean, he's the king but of bad I, But I get your point. I, I get your point. <laughs> In small uh, doses, like me, small doses. I, lo- <laughs> no, I love Earl. Um, I'll be seeing Earl. I'm sure he will. Well, AEW is coming back to the forum on January 11th. Oh, that's and, right. Um, I saw that. Yes. What was, what was fantastic about the last time at AEW is I sit down and then I hear some guy like talking to me behind me and tapping me on the shoulder, and it's none other than Earl. I mean, there's 18,000 people in the building. What are the odds this guy's going to come I, and sit right behind me in the building? It's, it's so amazing. Oh, so here's a wrestling note, John. When you know, WrestleMania is coming to SoFi, um, it like is the first and second of April, April, first and second. Yes, and I think prior to that they're going to do a couple of shows. I think they're going to do NXT and Raw yes. and uh, SmackDown. I'm taking PJ to SmackDown on. I think you March are. 30th. Oh wow. yeah, she wants to go. We got floor seats and everything. She's really excited. So um, that's going to be interesting. Well, hit me up because I might have a pair of tickets to get rid of uh, for one of the nights of WrestleMania too. Because if The Dude, Rock is going to wrestle, I'm probably going to go the one night for the one match. Yep, but that's course. about it. Other than that, I really have no interest in in going to WWE anymore. I'm sorry. I understand. Um, I understand. I get it. But I'll go to AEW all day long. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got you. Hey, speaking of swerves, um, how about this? So we were tweeted earlier today, and we've sort of reserved uh, uh, commenting about this up until now because it's it's like the longest-running yet dead rumor at the same time, and that is Jacob Chikrin. I'll get it right this time. Jacob Chikrin to Los Angeles. Yeah. It seems like we're asked about this every game uh, when we're down by the elevators in between intermission, but apparently on 32 Thoughts, uh, which is Elliot Friedman, of course, uh, on the podcast, I believe they said the Kings have been working on a Chikrin deal and they just can't get to where this is the tweet, by the way. Uh, it was tweeted to both of us. 32 Thoughts said the Kings have been working on a Chikrin deal and that they just can't get to where Arizona wants them and they might be the favorites right now. Is that what you guys are hearing? We've talked about this a number of times privately. I guess we might as well talk about it on the podcast. Sure. I don't see how they make the assets work. So putting the cap aside, for me, it's asset related. Dennis, what what's your take on it? Was that a story from 18 months ago? Because <laughs> yeah, right. nothing's changed. In that tweet, yeah. nothing's changed. He's too expensive well, from an changed, asset though. standpoint. Go ahead. One thing has changed. The Kings uh-huh. gave up a first-round pick since this deal first started being put together. They, they gave up Fiala. a first-rounder in the Fiala deal, and I think that makes it even more difficult. Well, and they gave Fiala a big contract. That makes it more difficult. But to me, that's the key thing that changed. If the Kings were going to be in a position to trade for Chikrin, you would have had to do it before the Fiala deal because yeah. that's when you had the money and that's when you had the assets. And now if you remove Byfield and you remove Clark and you say those are the two untouchables, mm-hmm. how do you put this deal together? Yeah. Because even if Arizona backs off of they wanted the equivalent of four first rounders, that could be first round picks and mm-hmm. or first round prospects that have already been taken. Right. So even if you go from four to three, how are the Kings going to do that? Because Turcotte's not going to get the deal done. Kapari's not going to get the deal done. Uh, if you, and you yeah. have to throw a first rounder in. So one first round pick. Now they're going to go two years in a row. Because if you're Arizona, you don't want you don't want a first round pick two years from now, right? Because the right. Kings are only going to be getting better. So you you want a first round pick as quickly as possible. So you're going to get the first this year, which would mean LA goes back to back years without first round picks. That's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not in win now mode. So yeah, that's a problem. But who 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 are the Velarde? Okay, there's one. Now who mm-hmm. else? How do you, you make this deal work? Some, and what makes it more difficult now is that are you really going to take roster players off this team right now? The way they're playing, number one, number two. Chikrin's playing great. 
He's come back. He's healthy. He's playing fantastic. He's getting points. He's playing 25 minutes a night. They're not going to move on the price. If he had a bad season, if he had a bad season or he was injured again, then maybe you could get him out of there. But now Bill Armstrong, he's going to stick to his numbers. Like, why would he not? Why would he back off his ass right now? So it would be difficult. And yes, they do need another left defenseman. Like, is it Gavrikov? Is it Provorov? Yes. I don't. They do need another left defenseman. It's just it's difficult, like you mentioned, to see the path of the deal that would bring Jacob Chicken to Los Angeles. I'd want him here. I've said it for two years, but I agree with you. Plus, now you're going to disrupt this team, which you know, if you do that, you better make sure you're going three rounds, John. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure it can happen. So I, I agree with you. While they could be a front runner, everybody's attached this name to this team. I, I just don't see the form of the deal that makes it necess- that makes it possible. I, I'm not making this comment directed at Elliot because if anybody would know, it would be Elliot. The guy's more connected yeah. than just about anybody else, right? So this is not a comment about Freege or the report. This is just a comment up in general. People love to attach the LA Kings to those type of deals because they have such a deep prospect pool. The problem yeah. is, yes, they have a deep prospect pool. And yes, they are going to trade. When it comes time to trade, they are more likely to trade from that prospect pool. The same reason why Brock Faber ended up getting traded. And Dennis... Anybody who listens to this program knows that we talked about this two years ago, and I pointed out the Kings have a problem that was brewing, and that problem was too many prospects. They Mm -hmm. didn't have enough places to put all of them. Look at what they're dealing with right now. They have too many right-shot defensemen. They don't have a spot to play Brant Clark. They don't have a spot to play Jordan Spence. They really don't have a spot to play Sean Dursey, which is why he's playing over on the left side. So they have a problem, Mm -hmm. but, but they also have a problem in the sense that if certain teams want certain types of assets, they don't have the right assets in order to make a deal. They have enough assets to make a deal. They're dealing from strength, and they can deal some of these prospects. But if you want the equivalent of three or four first-round picks, the Kings just don't have that right now. And then on top of all that, Dennis, even if they found a way to make a deal, right? Even if they found a way and they had to put in a couple roster players to make the cap room work, uh, and they, or what I was going to say, excuse me, was even if they found a way to make all the prospects work, you still have to put some roster players in there because they don't yeah. have the cap room to be able to absorb that. So you're going to have to push right. a couple of guys out. And then are those the guys that you would want to move out? Yeah, no, no, I, I don't know. And the, the one guy that makes sense is Gavrikov because he's a rental, right? Right. right? Yeah. Chikwin is in, Provorov is in, I have to go on this. They they probably do a rental here at the deadline, depending on where they stand. Depends where the the blue line is, the state of the blue line when we get to March. Uh, but again, that big of a deal in season, I just I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening for a lot of teams because of the cap situation, where you're going to have to move players off an existing contending roster to get back a player like that. I, I you know like the Bruins aren't going to trade Jake DeBrusque right now for Chikrin, so it's going to be complicated i think he does get dealt but i think it's the summertime and not in season yeah um i mentioned on the uh bally's broadcast the other night when i was on during intermission that brant clark from what i'm hearing dennis he's most likely targeted to go back to the ohl now anything can change so for those of you that want to come after me if the if the plans change always remember things are in context today is december 30th on december 30th dennis as things stand right now given the way the team is playing and given the health of everybody there isn't room for brant clark so they're probably going to send him back to the ohl now if there was a significant injury or something changed from playing wise but you're running out of time here because the uh if canada makes it all the way to the gold medal game that's january 5th and the um, so you have to have a spot for him to go on January 6th, maybe the 7th, if you sort of slow play it. Right. 
And the OHL trade deadline, by the way, is on January 10th. There is a good chance, from what I understand, that he could not only be returned to the OHL, but also be traded. So even if he's returned to Barry, he might not ever suit up for Barry again because Barry is on the cusp right now of trying to figure out, are they buyers or sellers and what are they going to do? And so if he's traded, that also plays into all of this. Let's uh, talk as well. We might as well on the trade front and just put this to bed as well. Patrick Kane to the LA Kings makes absolutely no sense, Dennis. Zero sense to me. And if that trade ends up coming down, we have to book Rob Blake back on the program because I'm going to need Rob to explain how Patrick Kane to the LA Kings in any scenario. I mean, unless they're sending three first round picks with him or something bizarre that I'm not seeing. Why would the LA Kings be trading for Patrick Kane? No, no chance. They had, they don't need a right wing. Last time I checked, last time I checked, they had a right wing named Fiala playing on the third line. Some nights, the natural landing spot for Kane would be, look, you look at New York. They have Kako and Barkley Goodger on the right side, uh, the top two right wingers. And Carolina doesn't have a lot of scores. Those teams make sense, but not the LA Kings. I, I don't. I, I would be shocked as well. It, it, it's not a positional need for this team. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. You mentioned on the third line some nights, and that's because he's he was on the third line. Uh, it worked out and then he was promoted back to the top line and there were, we were getting some good reports from 11 and, and, and 22 and they were kind of figuring it out and things were going well. And well, now at least, uh, for part of the game against Colorado, and it looks like heading into the game against Philadelphia, Fiala is now on the third line, Quentin Byfield up on the top line, Dennis. Yeah. And left wing. So, uh, they're winning, John. It's a seven, seven, one and two in the last 10. And it's working, so no problem with it. And get get Q some ice time. Is it on the left wing? Then fine. Who cares? Like you know, the, look, there's going to be an, the problem with Q is like from his development. That's another adjustment we'll have to make because I don't think anybody saw him at left wing at any point in time. So he's going to have to make one another adjustment. One 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 yeah. game. There was a game. I'm, I'm, I didn't okay. mean to interrupt you. I'm yeah, sorry, no, but go, go, just go. just for context. Sure. Um, there was a game where they had to shuffle things around in Ontario, and I was actually surprised because I thought that he was going to put Turcott on the wing and let QB play center that night. And he didn't, mm-hmm. he had Turcott play center and uh, Byfield played left wing that night and only lasted one game. And then from that point forward, the line was Turk on the left-hand side uh, with Byfield at center and Madden over on the right-hand side. But I- I'm sorry, but yes, for the most yeah. part, people have not seen him on left wing at, during his pro career. He's been a center. Yeah. And look, it might take some of the pressure off him because the details in his game that he needs to play center isn't the same on left wing. It- it's just less responsibilities, uh, so, yeah, they get him some more ice time and it works and you can make the third line more potent with Fiala. I get it. Uh, there's some people that are going to criticize the move because there's people out there that like to criticize every single move McClellan makes, like starting Kopitar and Dowdy for overtime. Like, that's a bad move. So I get it. I understand it. Um, but at least he's in games, John, because he's got the guy's got if he's going to be up here. He's got to play. And if he can get more significant minutes as a left wing in the short term, no problem. Yeah, I think the idea here also is to get him as many minutes as possible, right? So you you, you right. saw what he can do, and then from an advanced stat perspective, and some of this stuff's been floating around Twitter for the last week or so, from an advanced stat perspective, it suggested that it was time to, for Byfield to get 15 to 17 minutes a night mm-hmm. and really just, you know, get an extended run and yep. have a chance. And maybe Todd saw one of those tweets, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm saying that jokingly, of course, he has a whole team of people that can already figure that out, but so Byfield on a line with Kopitar and Kempe, 
I don't know if I like it. For some reason, 55 and 11, my brain's having a hard time computing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But let's let let's let's see how it plays out because it might work. Um, nobody wants to touch the second line, which is Ayafalo with uh, Deneau and Victor Arvidsson. Of course, you try to leave that line alone if possible because they are definitely heating up, Dennis. Uh, and the mm-hmm. third line, though, you mentioned Fiala moving down there. He's playing with Blake Lazat, um, who you know, McClellan is rewarding right now. And Velarde is on that line as well. And Gabe's opened up the scoring the last couple of games. So Velarde potentially heating back up and it creates an interesting fourth line, which is uh Grunstrom with Kapari and Jad. I really like that line. Now, of course mm-hmm. you could swap Brendan Lemieux and put him in there, but I kind of yeah. like the fourth line. So it's kind of weird, Dennis. I like the second line. I like the fourth line. I don't know what's going on with the first and third line. I I, I kind of want to see this in a larger sample size. Well, what complicates this though, John, is is Trevor Moore. Yeah. When Trevor Moore is healthy, then what do you do? So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of rotation there is. And yeah, I get getting cued at 15 minutes, but with Trevor Moore back in the lineup, I don't know where you put the guy. So it's going to be really intriguing to see what happens here over the next couple of weeks once Trevor Moore gets back to good health. Well, I think the answer, though, is pretty obvious, Dennis. The, the answer is QB has to go back to 3C. Like, and that's ki- kind of what Todd was saying the other day. At least yeah. that's the way I interpreted it. He said, look, uh, first game back, I don't think that QB needs to go into the 3C. But he said that's where he really belongs. That's where he slots in, you know, more naturally. But I didn't want to get uh, take that away from Lazat because he's been playing well. And so QB kind of had to take that spot from him. So right mm-hmm. now he doesn't have to take it from him because you can, with more out, you can move QB up. Right. Yeah. But to your point, where he fits in the lineup really is at 3C. So he's going to have to be at 3C at some point. Yeah, he's going to at some point. But this season, he's probably a 4C because Lazat's on track for 15 goals. And I don't think Byfield's given them 15 goals. Although, John, I'll say this go back to the Colorado game and look at the four goals they scored. They were all skill plays, John. They were all pretty. I mean, this team's got a lot of skill all of a sudden. Like, guys have emerged, guys have flourished. Fiala makes them a different team. Go back and watch all four goals. Like even the dragon pull by Sean Walker to tie the game. They, they those were all high skill plays, and it's it's something I'm not used to from this team to see them play like this. It, it's just there's a lot of offensive talent to display. So if they can figure out the defense and goaltending, like I said, I I went on SiriusXM today um, for the 19th time, and they uh, they asked me for a bold prediction, and I said the Kings are going to win the division. That's what I said. Because I, I think Vegas is going to be banged up all year. And other than Vegas, pound for pound, they're as talented as any other team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this lineup shakes out once everybody's healthy. I don't know if I'm addressing this to your friends, the Twitter donkeys, or who this is to. But I made a comment the other night that was a, a follow-up to a comment that a conversation you and I were having about hanging within the division. And after they beat Vegas, I said, yep, here's another example that the LA Kings can hang with anybody in the Pacific division. And some people wanted to instantly jump on the tweet. No, oh, you know, they're Vegas is missing 19 players. And, you know, blah. guys missing players or not, you have to beat those teams. And there've been moments this right. throughout this season where the Kings should have, but yet didn't. Whatever that means. They should have done something during a period. Yeah. They should have done something through a game. They should have been able to hold a lead. They should have been able to put up offense against this team. They should have played defense and had. Mm-hmm. they should have had better goaltending. All of those different things, Dennis. They don't play the games on paper. They actually play the yeah. games. And in those 60, perhaps plus minutes, 
You have to do the things that you're supposed to do. And that game against Vegas, to me, was the most complete game that they've played. They did what they needed to do offensively. They did what they needed to do defensively. They controlled the game. They won the Mm -hmm. game at home. I don't care who's in the Vegas lineup. Yes, the next time they play Vegas, it might be a different game. But they did what they were supposed to do. And, Dennis, this has been a pretty impressive stretch. They've, they beat Boston in Boston. They never yep. lose. The Bruins, that is. They don't lose. Uh, they only lost one game. They beat them. They beat Calgary. They beat Vegas. They're winning the games they're supposed to be winning right now. Yeah, and they took advantage of Colorado being banged up. And, yeah, oh, and Colorado. the five guys are back in the lineup. Yeah, they, the five guys are back in the lineup. Colorado's going to beat LA. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Vegas. There's a trickle-down effect of these injuries. And you're right, at full strength. Fine. But right now, in the moment, you look at the time. Pedro played 32 minutes against Anaheim. Mark Stone's playing 23 minutes. And the problem with that team at the end of last season, down the stretch, they ran out of gas. If you're playing these guys who are over 30 that much to get still get wins – it, the, at the end of the season, these guys are, are going to be gassed. So th- they should be. Right now, the Kings are on pace for 100 points. It's not going to be much more than that to win the division. So, yeah, it doesn't. it's not their fault they're playing injured teams. And look, last season with the way the blue line were for the Kings, did anybody make excuses? No, they still got 99 points. They took you know Edmonton to seven games. So without question, they can win this division. Well, they, I don't know. That's why you play the game. But certainly – yeah, Vegas is full strength, pound for pound. The roster's better, but everybody else, there's no reason why they can compete, and that's without adding the defenseman that we want on the left side. Go back to the Colorado game too, Dennis. Look at what look at look at the scoring in that game. Velarde opens up the scoring, right? So they're up early in the first period. Then Colorado scores. Then then what happens? Then mm-hmm. the the Kings come back and score. They have a two one lead, and then the, the whole bottom falls out. They give up three goals in three minutes. Right. Now Colorado. Even banged up, Colorado's at home. They're up 4-2 going into the third period. Should the Kings win that game? No, the Kings shouldn't win that game. Colorado is the better team, even with people out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. On paper, I'm talking about. On paper. Yeah, they can win that game. They're they're up by two points. You're Colorado. You're in the locker room. You have 20 minutes to play. You look around the room. You go, boys, need to lock this thing down in the third period. We have a two-goal lead. Let's get out of here tonight with two points. What happens? Kings score two goals in the third period. They send it to extra time and an extra time. Anybody can win. Nothing happens in overtime. The Kings end up winning it in the shootout. The Kings leave Colorado with two points. You couldn't have asked for anything better, Dennis. They leave Colorado with two points, but three. Yeah. I have a worry. Mm-hmm. I think the game on new year's is a trap game. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's a trap game. Without question. Now. And here's the thing. The, no way the Kings win that game three weeks ago in Colorado. Mm-hmm. No way. They lose six to two. Right, they lose confidence and whatever it was, and Todd's or nine to eight, Dennis, one or the other, or nine to eight. (laughs) And and it's funny, John, because it's funny how the way things spin out. You would think that the Boston game was the turnaround game. Todd keeps saying the turnaround game was the Buffalo game because they played six nothing the other night, and I scratched my head on that one. That was because they played because they had thirty some odd shots in two periods against Buffalo, and they couldn't get on the board. So yeah, they played one bad period. They didn't play a bad game. When right. you look at six nothing, saying, "Oh, it was a disaster," and it just got totally out of control. But they—he seems to think that that's where the defining moment was. But yeah, there's again Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver. You look at the rest of the Seattle. I don't think there's, 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 that's sustainable. Yeah, they should be in the race for the division. Remember last year, they were what twelve points out of a division. I, th- I think it was. I think Vegas, uh, Calgary had 111 points or something. There's going to be no 111-point team unless some team goes on, so on some Boston Bruins run here for the rest of the season. I just don't see it. So 
they're going to be in the conversation for the division all season. All right. Well, fantastic episode. What a way to end our holiday hat trick, Dennis. Uh, thanks to Brian Slagle for coming on and joining us. Also, thanks to our previous guests on the program as well, Stephen Nelson and Mikey Anderson. Dennis, thank you for putting the time in uh, to give away some uh, wonderful gifts Lovely to the LA Kings, Kings players. <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> gifts. Uh, thank you to all the listeners as well. It's been a fantastic ride to this project that uh, Dennis and I first talked about several years ago. We've had a lot of fun, a lot of twists and turns. We never could have predicted, Dennis, that the pandemic would slow us down. Uh, and we, we, we still kept producing content throughout the pandemic sure. as well. So let's hope that 2023 uh, brings a lot more uh, fun and excitement to all the listeners. And uh, who knows, Dennis, maybe you're right. Maybe the Kings are going to end up winning the division here uh, in the 2022-23 season. We would have even more to talk about, Dean. Yes, and a happy and healthy New Year to everybody in 2023, even to the Donkeys. <laughs> Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. I'm good, yeah, I'm feeling all right. Baby, I'm going to have the best freaking night of my life.